I wanted to play lacrosse, but you had to choose between lacrosse and football. You couldn't play both in the same season. Because I was a powerful six foot, 158 pounder. Thank you, I was a runner up a state scoring championship. Don't laugh, man. As they say in football, I got soft hands. Kiss a lot. Yeah, as they say in football, he's a world class athlete, Joe Biden. He, you ever see him ride a bicycle? He's, uh, He's a champion. Champion, I'll tell you. Yes, sir. Joe Biden yesterday at the White House thought he'd take a question or two, but but then he got a question, and he decided that he wasn't going to take questions because he accidentally called on a news reporter instead of a bootlick, and that caused him big problems. I want to play that soundbite for you, and then I want to update you on the Poison Ivy League presidents and their pro-genocide positions. Just don't say anything unsavory about gay people on the campus of Harvard because they'll kick you out before the sun goes down. But if you got a mob of people that self-describe as liberals you know, fellow travelers of Chuck Schumer chanting from the river to the sea and, uh, you know, uh, genocide will make us free. I think, you know, Michael, um, uh, you see on campus now they're singing Throw the Jew Down the Well. That's uh, that's crazy. We may have to get to that today as well. But before we get to, and then one of the Poison Ivy League presidents made a video last night and posted it. Hey, I didn't really mean that... Uh, you know, God, what I meant to say about genocide is that it's really not good. Uh, I'm not in favor of it, like I, like I said earlier. I'm not in favor of promoting it on Ivy League college campuses. The Poison Ivy League. I said that I noticed the uh, poison. It's one of my turns of phrase, the Poison Ivy League. And I noticed it got a little bit of attention out there in media land uh, yesterday with some back and forth. But uh, setting that aside, let me uh, let me get to Joe Biden yesterday at the White House. He uh, was having a stupid event. They came out to announce that he's really dumb. And then he made the mistake of saying, well, let me take a question. And a reporter stepped up. And that was a problem for Joe Biden because this was an actual news reporter. And uh, a serious question was asked. And you can't, can't have that. The question that uh, was asked of Joe Biden was about his family's corruption and all these emails that have surfaced in the last several days and the Congress has found all these things and all the many, many communications Joe Biden has had with the alleged business associates of Hunter Biden, the crackhead, Russian hooker, Dayton strip, stripper, knocker-upper, prize son of Joe Biden. And, and of course, uh, his brother James, James Biden, they have all these international business enterprises, but they don't sell anything, they don't build anything, they don't provide any services, they just collect millions and millions of dollars. And then they launder the money through LLCs, and money, we now have the bank records on money going right into Joe Biden's accounts every month, but pay no attention to that. So the question was asked, not by the Washington Post or the New York Times or ABC News, because they're all bootlicks. They're not actual journalists. They're Democrats with press passes, and that's what they are. But the uh, the great reporter Stephen Nelson 
from the New York Post, which actually covers the news. And uh, Stephen Nelson used to work at the Daily Caller, as I understand it. And he's at the New York Post now, and he does a great job as a reporter because he's allowed to by his news organization and because he wants to because he's a journalist and he's a truth seeker and he and he wishes to hold uh, the the powerful to account, which is or ought to be the role of the news media. If our if our news media functioned properly, our republic would function much more properly as well. Here is uh, great New York Post reporter Stephen Nelson at the White House yesterday hitting Joe Biden with a question. Now, you can't see it, of course, because I'm on the radio. But when the question is asked, Joe Biden is befuddled and he looks confused and he's flapping his lips and he's batting his eyes. And then he turns uh, in a wooden fashion and goes stumbling away from the podium, uh, out the door, struggling with the door, looking back, confused again. Why did someone ask me a question? that I, I didn't uh, have uh, planted with the, the press. Uh, he's probably angry with his press office for not making sure that every reporter had a planted question for him that made him look good. Uh, Stephen Nelson and Joseph Biden. Uh, there's polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70% of Americans, including 40% of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans... Uh, to Americans admit this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates. Son and brother's. I'm not going to comment that I did not. And not going to. a bunch of lies. Bunch of lies. With many uh, of their lies. business associates. I did not. There's what? lies. Lies. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a bunch of lies. Now, he just wandered off, bumping into things, looking like a jellyfish, and... Um, and no other, you know, the reporters were started cackling a little. But they're like, well, wait a minute, Mr. President. It's true, 70% of people in the latest poll think that you acted illegally or at least unethically, including 40% of Democrats that believe you acted illegally or at least unethically. And uh, uh, lies, lies, all lies. It's nothing but lies. And that's good enough. And the rest of the news media uh, goes to lunch. They cheat on their spouses. They cheat on their taxes. They steal stuff from the White House. And, uh, you know, and then they go home and smoke dope. It's, uh, it's the, you know, Washington news media thing. Stephen Nelson in the Washington Post uh, last night. Biden denies lies, in quotation marks. He talked with son, brother, business partners, despite evidence of contacts. And uh, this is actual journalism. It's what it looks like. I know it when I see it. It's like pornography. And uh, pornography is actually more commonplace today than, than journalism, of course. But President Biden denied Wednesday that he had interacted with his relatives' foreign business associates despite photos and other evidence of him doing so as the House of Representatives prepares to vote on authorizing an impeachment inquiry. I think we'll get to that, and it will be authorized, and then all the Democrats will vote against it, and then they'll pull the fire alarms and take down signs and claim that the doors attacked them and things because Biden denounced as lies reports that he met with his son Hunter Biden and brother James Biden's context despite confirmation with the paperwork and the receipts and everything that he interacted with uh, 
uh, vice president as vice president with their Chinese, Kazakh, Mexican, Russian, and Ukrainian associates. That's all. Just China, Kazakhstan, Mexico, Russia, and Ukraine. Pay no attention to any of that. I did not. It's just a bunch of lies. They're lies. I did not. They're lies, he said. And then he stumbled off like the incoherent numbskull that he is, the dimwit that he is. And the rest of the news media, that's not in the Washington Post today. It's not It's not there. They don't cover the news. They cover it up. Just extraordinary. And uh, the House Republicans, to their credit, have collected the receipts. They've got the data. They've got the contacts. They've got the phone records. They've got the bank records. And the media, meaning the Democrat Party, continues to deny that there is anything to see here. Quite extraordinary. Quite extraordinary. Yes, sir. Now, let's get to uh, the... Let's get to these these corrupt poison Ivy League presidents, right? Because these people were testifying, and I played a bunch of the audio for you yesterday about what was going on there, the Harvard University of Pennsylvania and MIT presidents. Now the headline is, under fire for despicable testimony. And this is the radical left-wingers at, uh, at CNN, in fact, they're forced. This is when they're shamed. This is one of my rules. It's one of the Chris Plant rules that I've been using for many years, that the news media only responds to these big stories when they're shamed into covering them. So Harvard, Penn, MIT presidents under fire over despicable testimony, despicable in quotation marks, on anti-Semitism and genocide. They're for it. They, uh, and that's basically what we learned from these people. It's, it's quite extraordinary. The, uh, the news media is in a flap because they need to smooth it over for the Democrat Party. The Harvard Crimson, the on-campus paper, Harvard President Gay traveled to Washington to quell the backlash. Her testimony only made it worse. That's the Harvard Crimson. Now, there's some funny stuff about this uh, president of, of Harvard, this woman who's the president of Harvard. It turns out she's not really much of an academic at all, and that's generous understatement, to be sure, because she um, she has produced, I think, in the her in uh, some total her entire career in academia, eleven boring papers that nobody cares about, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing that it, normally somebody with a PhD, somebody in a position like hers, would have produced thousands of papers, and they would be well-known and peer-reviewed and, and all this stuff. But this woman, she's a woman of color. Is she LGBTQ? I haven't uh, looked that up. She might be LGBTQ also. But she um, she's not much of an academic. That's, that's generous understatement. She doesn't have a history of academic achievements. She is, uh, you know, picked for all. She's like the Kamala Harris, I think, of of Harvard presidents. She was chosen, apparently, according to many reports and a lot of commentary online, certainly, uh, because she's a woman of color and that's what they wanted. That's the Democrat Party. The headline from the Times of Israel mocking her, Harvard president claims her controversial remarks on genocide calls were misconstrued. They were misconstrued. 
That's what you, oh, no, you didn't, no, we did hear what you said. You didn't play the whole, yeah, we did play the whole. Um, and you were smirking and smugging the whole time. In an apparent attempt at damage control, the Times of Israel writes, the president of Harvard University, Claudine Gay, issues a statement signaling that people have allegedly misunderstood her widely panned remarks during the House hearing yesterday. This is a story from yesterday. The hearing was day before yesterday. When she said that calls on campus for genocide against Jews are not necessarily harassment and not necessarily prohibited. The university put out a statement from President Claudine Gay saying there are some who have confused a right to free expression with the idea that Harvard will condone calls for violence against Jewish students. It's already muddying the waters, but let me be clear. Calls for violence or genocide against the Jewish community or any religious or ethnic group are vile. They have no place at Harvard. Well, they certainly do today, don't they? And those who threaten our Jewish students will be held to account. Ask the Jewish students, because that's not true. And for months, she has been petitioned to do something about it by Jewish students who feel threatened because they've been threatened, and she has not left, lifted a leftist finger to do anything about it. Just extraordinary. These people. Now, I'm going to get to what she said, and then the uh, president of MIT, another left-wing woman who was smirking through her pro-genocide testimony day before yesterday, she posted a video instead of putting out a statement like Harvard did. Amazing stuff. Amazing. So I've got that uh, coming up. Because never forget, never forget what the Poison Ivy League presidents said day before yesterday. Never forget the violence and the mob activity on these campuses. And if you're a Jewish American and you vote Democrat, never forget. Yeah, Trump, mean tweets. Sure. You got it. Well, the holidays are officially here. Time to let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting for you. Shop carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright throughout the entire Christmas season. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off the entire site. And because you hang with me, use the code at checkout, PLANT, P-L-A-N-T-E, and get another 30 American dollars off your order. Omaha Steaks make great gifts. You're going to be the hero of the dinner table when you gift Omaha Steaks. Send tender, juicy, butcher-cut filet mignons, delicious burgers, even jumbo hot dogs. They're delicious and easy-to-prepare meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks, ready to ship your order right away. So shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com, use the promo code PLANT at checkout, and, uh, you know, order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, take advantage of 50% off site-wide and $30 off when you use the code PLANT at checkout. That's good stuff. A minimum order may be required. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I want to play for you what these what these smirking left-wing hacks said while under oath on Capitol Hill day before yesterday and what they're saying now as they and their media allies are scrambling to patch up the leaks in their their genocide boat. 
Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Today is also Pearl Harbor Day. The anniversary of the dastardly surprise attack on the United States of America by the Empire of Japan, December 7th, 1941, thrusting the United States into World War II and uh, leading to events that would change the world, of course, uh, and uh, put the United States in the premier position anywhere in the world as the the guarantors of liberty worldwide, stomping out tyranny with the Socialist Workers' Party in Europe and Imperial Japan and Asia, uh, and uh, kind of a big deal. And the post-World War II era leading to the, we call it the American century, more like a half century, but nevertheless, 1945, the United States of America became the guarantor of freedom and liberty in the world and uh, we stood strong against the tyrants in the Soviet Union after World War II. And the Democrat Party has taken up the mantle of the Soviet Union, pretty much. Maoist China. The Democrat Party is no longer on our side. And to the World War II veterans out there, and there are World War II veterans out there, I'm, I am saluting you sharply. God bless you. My father, of course, was a World War II veteran, a Navy fighter pilot, killed Nazis then uh, in Europe, then went to the Pacific, killed Japanese because, you know, that's what we're in the way of doing. Now the Democrats are on the side of the bad guys, the terrorists, the genocidal lunatics. They're not on our side. They want our borders open. They want our economy weak. They want our military transgender the Democrats are not what they used to be. Uh, and we have the Republican debate for you from last night, too. Not World War II, but good stuff. Uh, let me get to these uh, these crazy, ridiculous um, Ivy League, Poison Ivy League University presidents. And uh, Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who I've always liked very much, and she's great in hearings, speaking to the president of MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Gesundheit, and her name is Sally Kornbluth. Sally Kornbluth. You'd think that um, Kornbluth would be a Jewish name. You'd think you'd be sensitive to matters of Jewish genocide and anti-Semitism. You'd be wrong because it's rock, paper, scissors when you're a leftist, and being a leftist uh, supersedes everything. Forget the rock, forget the paper, forget the scissors. It's leftism. It trumps it all. So here is, uh, God bless her, Elise Stefanik, Congresswoman, 
asking a question of MIT President Sally Kornbluth, who doesn't apparently know how to answer it. Dr. Kornbluth, does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? Nah. So targeted at individuals, not making public statements. Targeted? Yes or no? Huh? What? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. <laughs> so those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, uh, as harassment if pervasive and severe. If pervasive and severe. So several casual references to killing all the Jews, probably not a big deal. Uh, We wouldn't get carried away with any of that. But, uh, you know, it depends. If they actually were to carry out the genocide on the campus, then that might violate the rules of the university. That's pretty extraordinary stuff. (laughs) And, well... You know, let's not get carried away just because there calls for genocide when there's a war going on in the in the Middle East and the genocidal Hamas army is uh, on a tear and the rapes and the genital mutilations and the and the, never mind all that. All right, but that's she's the president of MIT. That's pretty remarkable stuff. She's Sally Kornbluff. She's a cell biologist and an academic administrator. She's the 18th president of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And uh, that's just fine. Well, let's not. Come on. I mean, because they know that this is the mob that they've raised. This is the violent, criminal, hateful, this DEI and critical race theory and, of course, you know, boycott, divest, and sanction BDS that they've been teaching on campuses for years, and that is purely anti-Israel, nothing more, nothing less. Then Elise Stefanik, again, Congressman Elise Stefanik with Harvard President Claudine Gay, does calling for a genocide of Jews at Harvard University, does that qualify as harassment? Would that be disallowed by the rules? And this woman is smirking like nobody you've ever seen. She looks like a, a high schooler who's, uh, you know, just gotten stoned and flushed her pot down the toilet when the teachers got there. She's smirking like like a uh, oh, kind of a punky, a punky smirk. Claudine Gay. Dr. Gay at Harvard. Dr. Gay. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. Context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. How come? Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? There is no yes answer. She never answers yes. That's not, uh, 
That's not what she's going to do. It's not what she's there to say. But Elise Stefanik was persistent. Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that crosses into conduct, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. There are calls for all three university presidents to resign. Well, if it crosses into conduct, so you can talk about committing genocide against the Jews, and that's okay. That doesn't violate the code of conduct. But if you actually perpetrated genocide against the Jews, that would violate, as I understand it, I, I think I understand it clearly. She was more clear than people give her credit for, I think. If you actually perpetrate a genocide, if you commit genocide, then that, I believe, would violate Harvard's code of conduct. But until then, we need to put this into context. You see, these students are not actually perpetrating a genocide as she smirks at the congresswoman who is trying to get to the truth from the poison Ivy Leaguers, but uh, never mind that. That's her. And she wouldn't say it. She would never say, yes, it violates our code of conduct. Is it allowable? No, she would not say that. She wouldn't say any of this. Uh, just uh, just amazing stuff. We played this audio for you yesterday. We played it before. This is a Jewish Harvard student trying to uh, saunter across Harvard Yard when a mob of vile, violent, anti-Semitic students surrounded this young man and were up in his face screaming, shame, shame, shame. Does this violate the code of conduct? Yeah. And you may recall it was uh, Friday night in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, where a violent mob of hundreds of self-described Democrats and self-described liberals, I would describe them as anti-Semites, showed up at a Jewish-owned business, a la Kristallnacht, a restaurant called Goldie, owned by a Jewish man. And they knew that the business was owned because they did their research They knew that the business was owned by a Jewish man, and so they attacked the business, the big mob of hundreds of Democrats. They attacked the business, and they they defaced. It was Kristallnacht style. They defaced. They vandalized. They graffitied. They committed damage to the restaurant while the violent mob, and they had just walked across the campus of the University of Pennsylvania, according to reports that I read, and the violent mob of hundreds of anti-Semite Democrats showed up at Goldie Restaurant. Because he's Jewish, they charge him with genocide, and they vandalize the restaurant um, because every knocked is crystal knocked with the Democrat Party. Pretty amazing stuff. And in fact, today, hiding in the Washington Post... Today, hiding in the Washington Post. Where is it hiding? It's hiding inside the paper. The White House condemns. This is what they they say. The White House condemns the attack on Goldie's restaurant. 
Now, uh, the president didn't come out and condemn it. He didn't hold a primetime address from the Oval Office condemning the rampant anti-Semitism across the country being perpetrated by members of his party. Uh, no, but on, but on CNN, they had a communist, Van Jones, who, uh, who was going on and on about, uh, oh, yeah, remember Charlottesville, the Jews will not replace us. Yeah, okay. The Democrats are going to make sure of that, I guess. The Democrats the, are the brown shirts of the 21st century, and that's pretty remarkable stuff. Now let's get back to the hearings on Capitol Hill, the hearing on Capitol Hill from day before yesterday. And um, when it crosses into conduct, <laughs> actually implementing the genocide, not just conspiring and threatening Again, it's Congresswoman uh, Stefanik with the University of Pennsylvania UPenn President Liz McGill. And they're all sitting there, the three of them, side by side. And they should be wearing armbands and high hats, some kind of high hat. The uh, Stefanik with the University of Pennsylvania, Congresswoman Stefanik, University of Pennsylvania President Liz McGill. Ms. McGill at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Wow, yes. same thing. I am asking so, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. I so get, the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision. Wow, they all it's have the same answer. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. It sure is. Honestly, just extraordinary. Man, I'm telling you. Also, the Democrats, because they're fascists, they're, they're not liberals. The Philadelphia Inquirer has the story today. Goldie, the restaurant in Philadelphia, Goldie workers, that would be employees if they weren't Soviets at the Philadelphia Inquirer, Goldie workers say they were fired for wearing Palestinian flag pins. That's a, an Israeli Jewish owner of the restaurant. Cook and Solo apologizes for the tense climate. That's the uh, parent company. And it's not their fault. But they're apologizing anyway because they're the Jews. Two workers, that's employees, at Goldie say they were fired for wearing pro-Palestinian flag pins at work. They should wear Nazi armbands instead. But in a letter sent to staff members Wednesday, Cook and Solo addressed the tense environment. Again, that's the company that owns a number of restaurants in uh, Philadelphia, including Goldie. And the news media is on the side of the pro-Hamas mob. Workers at Goldie, a restaurant targeted by a pro-Palestinian protest, that's pro-Hamas, pro-genocide mob, but they don't call it that because they're lefties said the political climate at the restaurant has been unraveling for weeks before the high-profile episode, creating a situation for which the company has now apologized. 
Two workers at Goldie said they were recently fired for wearing pro-Palestinian flag pins to work. They, along with three other current and former Cook and Solo employees, told the Inquirer that the restaurant group had made a political statement on the conflict by hosting an October 12th fundraiser for a nonprofit that provides aid to the Israeli military. I believe it's actually a medical. I think the Inquirer is lying about that and misrepresenting that because I read about this previously, and he was raising money for an organization, a nonprofit that does medical work in Israel, but never mind that and misled employees about the nonprofit work uh, and then thrust workers into a politically difficult position for nearly two months because the workers are pro-Hamas and pro-genital mutilation, pro-kidnapping and rape, pro-genocide. They chant from the river to the sea, and they say, Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. Just amazing. Man, oh man, a Shevitz, I am telling you. Just wacky stuff. Now let's get back to uh, Stefanik and uh, Congresswoman Stefanik and UPenn President Liz McGill because they. this is, again, in the same city in Philadelphia. And the mob, according to accounts I read, had walked across the campus of University of Pennsylvania before going and choose, accusing a Jewish man, Jewish man of genocide because he supports a what I also read in multiple outlets uh, was a medical nonprofit operating in Israel. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? <laughs> the speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? No, yes this, or no? This is the left. This is... It can be harassment. Wow. She seemed very frustrated that she had to finally... Bra- it can be. But it depends on the context until it becomes conduct, you know, the Nazis had a meeting outside of Berlin called the Wannsee Conference. Fifteen Nazi leaders met where they agreed upon the final solution, the total extermination of the Jewish population in Europe and beyond. Now, that was out of context a genocidal meeting, but it didn't become conduct until they actually closed the doors on the gas chambers. And I guess the same holds true in the Ivy League. Why do you think it's called the Poison Ivy League? If the speech becomes conduct, and she correctly, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, says, so wait, you mean like committing the act of genocide? That would be the conduct that you prohibit, but nothing up until that point is even frowned upon. They call themselves liberals. They smirk smugly. The Poison Ivy League produces them by the tens of thousands, and they're loose in the streets of America. They should be wearing armbands.
Now, I still have not gotten to my favorite story of the day, and that is that liberals raise mentally ill people. Their children are mentally ill, you know, like father, like son, like daughter, like mother, like, because they can't really, it would be wrong to objectify their genders without further research. But I'm going to get to that. Democrats raise mentally ill people. And it's not just me saying this or, uh, you know, come on. It's a Gallup study, a scientific uh, study. Now, let's go to, uh, because the University of Pennsylvania President Liz McGill went and posted a video last night where she blamed the Constitution of the United States for her thinking that it's okay to plot genocide, not just to execute genocide. And she posted a video and was like, you know, maybe maybe I, I didn't get it quite right. I want to be clear. She's clear. The call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening. Now it is. Deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people who have been subjected to pogroms and hatred for centuries. Yeah. And were the victims of mass genocide in the Holocaust. Well, not if you ask the squad. In my view, it would be harassment or intimidation. Well, now it would be. Now, the moral clarity uh, took some coercion when it comes to old Liz McGill, the president of an Ivy League university. And it was uh, that was a difficult, it was challenging for her to, she didn't want to come to this conclusion, but she was shamed and disgraced into coming to this conclusion and to posting a video. She had to post a video. Uh, now, in California, they had to cancel the Christmas tree lighting that the governor would normally attend, but he didn't. Because the violent mobs of pro-Hamas left-wingers, which are everywhere across the country, ought to be wearing armbands. They should be wearing brown shirts or black shirts so we can identify. And Democrats raise insane people. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.